In this episode of Watch Time, we're going to talk about how the video world has changed in this last year since the start of COVID-19, where we believe it's going, and what we can do as small business owners to leverage these opportunities. So stick around. You're listening to Watch Time, supercharged video marketing tips for the savvy small business owner and the modern mid-market professional with Flex Media's Kathy Taylor and Bill Barona. Welcome back to Watch Time. I'm Bill Barona. And I'm Kathy Taylor. So at the time of this recording, we're a little over one month away from being to the one-year anniversary of the start of the COVID-19 pandemic in the United States. And I just can't believe it. I don't know where you stand on this, Kathy, how you feel about it. I feel like it's been forever. And at the same time, I can't believe it's been a whole year. Like this is, it's just kind of, you know, become daily life. And yet, you know, it still seems like something that's really hard to get used to. Yeah, I mean, it's crazy because I remember when this whole stay-at-home order kind of went into effect, and at least in Ohio, and I know we were, you know, excited to be at least producing podcasts still because it was something we could do remotely, and we didn't really know what was going to happen to Flex Media. We didn't know what was going to happen in our community, and I remember kind of like taking certain equipment out of our office because who knows, you know, we're not going to be at the office, what's going to happen and this, all this talk of like, you know, we need to flatten the curve, we need to flatten the curve. And I just, you know, I thought to myself, okay, well, you know, we'll maybe, you know, be gone for a couple of weeks and then this will be squashed and we'll be right back at it. So the reality of this has just been absolutely amazing. And I just feel like I'm constantly dreaming, like I'm just waiting to wake up and be like, wow, I can't believe I just dreamt that whole thing. It feels like something out of like a know, a Spielberg movie or something out of an M. Night Shyamalan movie. Yeah, actually, I remember I was, you know, at the office and I remember your wife, Jackie, was texting you and um, saying that, you know, people at her work were were looking to stock up on cans. And we thought that was crazy. (laughs) (laughs) And, and, uh, you know, it seemed like that wasn't too far off. Yeah, I mean, I remember even being in a, a meeting with the client and they were talking about, you know, an event that we were going to be covering and, you know, should we be concerned about COVID-19 and postponing this event? And I just, to me, I was like, well, what do you, you know, this was, this was early on, this was beginning of February. And I was like, man, what are you talking about postponing an event for COVID-19? But it, the reality of it is it hit the United States, it hit the world and it hit hard and it has caused so much loss of life, so many people to lose their businesses, people to get laid off, people can't afford rent or food and they're just struggling. So, you know, it's a, absolutely devastating the impact this has had. And um, anybody listening right now, you know, Kathy and I really want you to know that if, if you're in that situation and you've been going through that, that uh, we our hearts really go out to you and your family. And we're hoping that you get through this and, you know, continue to thrive. And, you know, as we kind of all work together, you know, that saying we're all in this together in the beginning seemed a little uh, overused and all these companies were using it. But as time has gone on, it it really is true. We're all in this together. We're trying to get through this and um, just trying to get us back to this new normal and get through the COVID-19 pandemic. Yeah, I feel I feel like that phrase, the new normal, you know, really, really does guide a lot of things, you know, like the thing that I think really sucks the most, you mentioned, you know, living in fear and um, yeah, I, I, it really sucks to, to have to live in fear of, um, you know, 
the chance of catching or giving the virus to your friends and family. Like that's the worst, but you know, I know I've gotten together like with my family at first, it was like really awkward to wear masks around each other, but now it's just kind of what we do. And it it does seem like the new normal and, you know, COVID-19 has just really changed the way that, you know, we get together with our friends and family um, or connect with them. Maybe you're doing it with yours over Zoom. Um, but that's kind of, uh, you know, why we kind of wanted to go into this episode, because not only are we seeing this new normal in, you know, the way that we're, we're living our life, but we're definitely seeing it in terms of video and, you know, being a video marketing company in the last year, it's really changed the way that, um, we do our projects, whether it's like the scope of the project or the way we shoot or, you know, otherwise, and it's not all bad. I mean, there's definitely a lot of, of tragedy, but I, I think that um, COVID-19 has actually affected um, the way people are using video and doing video marketing and created this new normal um, that has, is actually pretty interesting. And, and so today we kind of want to talk about, you know, what we're seeing and our predictions on what might happen based off of um, what we've seen. And then, um, you know, just kind of help you position your business, hopefully, to prosper in this new normal of 2021. Yeah, it definitely has been a huge change. And anybody that's been listening to the podcast regularly, um, I know we did take that short break um, that we had discussed in the last episode. But, you know, prior to that, I'm sure many people have seen all these different um, episodes on how to up your Zoom game and you know, like what's been going on with video, the Hootsuite quarter three report, that whole thing where we talked about that and the changes that people have seen. And there is no doubt that uh, video marketing and video production and the use of video has has definitely changed in our day to day life. So um, we're just hoping to really provide all the listeners here just with some help. You know, these these are our interpretations. We're going to go through, you know, what we've seen from 2019 to 2020. And um, we just really want all of you to understand that this isn't the end all be all of what we believe is going to happen. We just want you to know that, you know, these are observations we've seen. And if it can provide you with some help and guiding you where you should go with your video marketing, that's what we're hoping we can do with this. I like, you know, like you said, Bill, just some suggestions, things to consider investing in, um, maybe areas you should keep a close eye on this year. So uh, without wasting any more time, let's jump in. What we were working on uh, pre-COVID, I remember early on last year, things were really getting busy. There was a lot of interest in on-site video shoots, for sure, especially at um, conferences. I feel like we were running around most days, um, sometimes going to multiple locations in one day. Um, People were excited to do things, talking about having us at their facilities to do training videos um, and then coming to events to do uh, event videos and and live streams. So there was definitely a lot more in-person video shooting going on. Yeah, I I think what was interesting about that whole timeline in 2019, I remember we were going to so many conferences and we were doing so many event videos. And, you know, when when I started off back in video production and we started the company, I always assumed like marketing videos was kind of, you know, where we were really strong. But there was this big shift. Like I felt like so many people were wanting to pull video uh, production and video marketing into these conferences. So 
I think really when you look at like what was going on in 2019 versus like what's going on, you know, in 2020, I think the big thing, the importance of what was trying to happen was, you know, a lot of people were attending events. A lot of people were going places. And it was almost like trying to create content to get out to people that, you know, maybe weren't at those events. So you're trying to attract them. So the, the big push at that time I felt from our clients were, you know, we want high quality video. We want these stunning visuals. We have to outdo our competitors. Our video has to be better than theirs. Um, I feel like there was a lot of emphasis on we want to record this for our staff. So if we hire new staff or if they miss this event, you know, we could just play a video for them. We don't want to have to try and, you know, hold another one of these big events. And, you know, I felt like a lot of content that we were creating outside of the event space was a lot of business to consumer. I felt, you know, we were getting a lot of these smaller businesses in the Cleveland area that was like, how do we reach our consumers? And so that's kind of where the marketing videos were that we were doing. It was for these service-based or these product-based businesses. And, you know, the B2B, I guess, videos you know, they, they were more awareness. They were like, we want a brand video. So if you're a B2B company, that's what you wanted. You wanted a brand video and just wanted to get people familiarized with your brand so you could send a salesman out to their, you know, their facility or, you know, you could meet them at networking or something like that. So there was a lot of different types of like, there's still a lot of content that we're creating today, but this shift then it was on different things. Yeah. And then COVID hit. and it was pretty quiet for a while I mean I remember the biggest thing that we were pushing was podcasting because um, you know people had heard our podcast and it was one way that um, you know they knew they they, people didn't need any um, any uh, video to go along with it it was something that we could do remotely over over zoom so that that was like kind of the first thing we saw people doing once COVID hit Yeah. And I remember, um, when we were like, I probably was maybe April and, um, you know, Pete Baca, who's been on this podcast from 360 marketing, we, we do work with Pete and, um, he had a client that reached out to him and Pete reached out to us and, you know, said, what is the capability of creating a video remotely? Because my client needs to put out there that they're operating safely. They don't have people in their office, but they still have to get, you know, they're, they're a business that's allowed to be operating, you know, so they're, they're not, they're an essential business, but how do we create something? So that was really, I think my first attempt at that point to use zoom videos to even create anything. And, you know, I knew it was possible, but you know, the, the reality of it is what's the quality of that? You know, I can't control the camera. I can't control, you know, their mic on their side. I mean, can a little bit, but you know, it, was just kind of a new way of doing things. And uh, it was surprising at how well it was actually received by the client and by, you know, the people the client were sending it to. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, you know, doing that, I feel like it, it kind of, um, you know, we were, we were done some of our own things and then things kind of took off from there as far as once, uh, you know, people realize the different capabilities of Zoom, just, just like along with the rest of the world, you know, as you, uh, realize the possibilities of, of Zoom calls and everything, and that recording feature on there, you know, you can really do a lot with that. So we actually experimented a little bit with doing some remote video shoots. So Bill, can you kind of explain, you know, how those were done? Yeah, that was, so that was interesting because we had client reach out to us and um, basically they were doing a conference and this was kind of our first um 
I guess, doing more than one or two of these videos. This was doing quite a bit, and their whole thing was, you know, we used to have these conferences in person. We're not doing that right now, but we want to have these um, interviews where we have a member of our staff, you know, interviewing the you know guest and we don't want it to be live we're going to do a live q a but we want this part to be pre-recorded it's it's better for you know the people that are watching because we don't it's not a high pressure thing for the uh, professional their pr team can take a look at it make sure everything aligns with what they want and it needs to look professional we want it to look you know like not a zoom call so we did about seven or eight of those and it was it was um it was tasking to try and do this but it was kind of cool because you know the the look of it was kind of like this you know cnn weather channel type broadcast look where you had the two screens and you know we cropped into a little box and we had a background with their logo and we were able to you know have all of this um branding for them so that was kind of a a unique thing um but what really surprised me i think and i know kathy was surprised and this is you know I just want to say this in the nicest way. We are very fortunate that we are in the industry that we're in. We're fortunate that we're not in an industry that was severely impacted. We were in the beginning, and we weren't as much as time went on because clients started reaching out for this type of stuff that we've been discussing. But then, you know, come summertime, it really turned into a lot of companies reaching out to us for things that I'd never thought they would want. Like, we had a company reach out to us for a remote uh well, it was an on-site video shoot, but it was going to be a remote fundraiser. So we recorded marketing videos that they used in their fundraiser to try and raise money for their nonprofit. And, you know, we had clients reach out to us that were out of state, and we still have clients reaching out to us from out of state. And they're wanting us to, you know, record things on Zoom, but then they're also wanting us to travel and go out there because there's just such a demand for video right now. Because, you know, when your salespeople can't get in to meet with other people and these large gatherings are, you know, they're no longer in existence, at least for the time being, you know, how do you still reach your customer? So we were been doing things like that. And we've been also called to do other things outside of the video world. I don't know if you want to talk about that a little bit, Kathy, some of the things that we, you know, have been had clients reach out to us, which kind of surprised us to work on. Yeah, I feel, you know, as people were kind of exploring their own um, video meeting platforms, they were starting to kind of think about how they could use it in different ways. And so we also saw a lot of people coming, looking to us for advice and an interest in some of our consulting services, where we were actually helping them develop their own video strategies and their own setup, and you know, how they could be using these tools to actually implement strategies on social media um, and, and put their their own content together. Yeah, it was definitely very interesting. I feel like, you know, I never thought that I would have to try and figure out how people could make themselves look better on Zoom. That was never something that I thought was going to happen. Right. And I mean, we've all seen those, you know, articles too. Just, just the basics, the whole world was trying to figure out, like, you should probably wear pants when you're on Zoom, you know, or, you know, make sure that your computer is at eye level and, you know, work on your lighting. But really, once you have some of those basics down, a lot of the, um, a lot of the videos really turned out pretty nice and people were able to really play around with developing their, their own um, stuff. Yeah. And I, I mean, what's interesting, I think we might've addressed this in one of the past podcasts, but I remember 
Um, one of the uh, guests we had on the podcast, Patrick Zingardi, I know he's been using Zoom for quite some time. And actually, when I first met Patrick, we had a Zoom meeting, and this was maybe a couple years ago. And I thought it was weird at that time. Like, what mm-hmm. is this thing he's asking me to come on where I have to? And like, I remember scrambling because I was at home that day and I was like, oh my gosh, I have to find a spot in my home. And like, I, I found a spot in my kitchen, but you could still kind of tell I was in the kitchen. Um, and I'm like, I don't have any place that like looks professional here. That's not a, you know, an area that I can take this meeting in, you know, that doesn't look like I'm at home. But it's interesting because since that time, I mean, that's really been something that a lot of people I've noticed, you know, from the beginning of the pandemic, like, you know, maybe sitting in their kitchen or their living room. And now it looks like people have a dedicated spot when they have to take those meetings. Yeah, definitely. It's become again, our new normal. Yeah. And I mean, that kind of leads us to you know, what the client goals are now. So we talked before about, you know, what types of videos we were being asked to make in 2019 and then the goals of those clients. And now we've talked about these different videos and things that we've been seeing in COVID. So really, what is the client's goal now? And I just, you know, my takeaway from what we've been talking about is really that the goal is how do you reach a now virtual audience? You know, if you're having a remote you know, a webinar or you're having a remote conference, you know, remote fundraisers to raise money. It's all about, you know, maybe at first it was all about just getting on camera, I think, in the beginning of the pandemic. And as the pandemic has pushed on, it's been more of, you know, bringing that video experience. Like I said, for that um, nonprofit, we did those marketing videos. And really what they were was each time Kathy and I sat down with them, we, we kind of found a couple clients. We did like what we would consider to be a testimonial video or an explainer video. And they played those in the conference. And, um, you know, it's just bringing that quality to people to get them to understand the message. Um, So high quality maybe isn't necessarily as important, you know, when using Zoom. And, um, you know, maybe it's lower quality because of Zoom has become a little more acceptable. So if you have a decent camera and you have decent audio, you know, you can create something that, you know, is passable. But it's definitely been interesting. Yeah. I mean, speaking that, you know, you even see like I was cleaning the house the other day and I turned on the um, uh, home shopping network and, and, you know, they had instead of having people in studio, you know, they had people on Zoom and you see it on the news. And so, again, it's it's just kind of become accepted as a new way to communicate. And so even if the video isn't perfect, even though, you know, you try to make it as high quality as possible, um, again, it's better to have something and and be able to, you know, have that person, you can see them and you can hear them um, rather than nothing at all. So uh, it's been really interesting how that's worked. Yeah. And one thing too, I'd like to kind of throw out there just because I was thinking about that B2B and B2C business things I was talking about earlier you know, we were doing a lot of B2C content in 2019, like I said, for, you know, you know, more of these businesses, like, you know, uh, we did work for massotherapist, we did work for um, a company that was selling products. And really, what it was, was trying to connect with the consumer. And, you know, I always kind of got the same thing from the B2B businesses, oh, we don't need that, we just need people to know we're here. And, um, you know, now it's kind of changed, like this whole, B2B um, trying to connect with their consumer, these other businesses, 
you know, they want to do sales videos. They want to do remote uh, recordings, you know, with their salespeople as well. And they want to create more educational content because they're not getting in the door like they once were. And they're not meeting people and networking like they were before. And they can't, you know, be at a conference and, you know, give out a bunch of things to people to try and like entice them to go check out their brand. They're, you know, they're sitting at home like everybody else is. And, you know, the B to C shift, what I thought was interesting was they were less concerned about, you know, connecting with new customers and they were more concerned with, you know, staying consistently um, in their customer's mind, their current customer's mind by creating content that is either monthly or maybe creating content that's educational or maybe even creating content that is like showing, you know, their safe operating practices during COVID. So there was this shift in how they were really trying to connect with their consumers. Yeah, definitely. You know, they they, they still had messages to um, convey. And, um, you know, you could, it's one thing I did see a lot of people like posting on, on their social media channels, like, hey, we have these barriers now. And, you know, we have these um, social distancing stickers on the floor, but to be able to actually see those things, I feel like, especially when it came to um, COVID and, and safe operating procedures, that was something that you, you can't replace when, when people can actually see those things in a video, the comfort level that that brings, um, you know, and, and seeing, oh, okay, I see people in the store or whatever it is, but I, I can it feels safe to me. I mean, that's something you can really only convey through video. So it was really interesting to see people do that. Yeah, it definitely was. And I definitely am just grateful that we've had the opportunity to work with so many people to get that message out. And hopefully, you know, just talking to some of these clients, I know it has helped, but I'm hoping it's helped them even more, um, you know, going forward. And it's created even more business opportunities for them now versus when all of this kind of started. But I guess going from there and transitioning, one of the things that we, we really wanted to hit on with this is, and I'm sure what many of you are actually listening to this for, is where are things going? What do we think is going to happen? And um, I'm just going to give my plug again that I gave at the beginning, and I'm sure I'll give it again at the end. You know, this is just our opinions. This is what we've seen from our customers and what we believe is going to happen and how we're kind of planning. So you know, one thing that I, I will say is if you are in the event space or you're planning on events, um, you know, going to events and that, I do think at some point events will come back. But I know a lot of the event companies we've been talking to and doing work with or the people that host events, you know, they, they're still talking about a remote con component to their event. So whether, the, you know, when they have it again in person, they're still going to want some type of remote video because maybe not everyone will feel comfortable to go. Maybe they won't be able to have full capacity. So how do you still, you know, allow everyone to be part of it? And that's having a remote component to the event. And this is more of a personal belief of mine. And Kathy and I were kind of talking about this prior to the podcast. And, and really what it is, is that I think you're going to see remote components in events, at least for a very long time. And I think part of that is because people have finally realized that you know, it's great to go to the conference. And if you're somebody that attends a lot of conferences, like I know Kathy was in the past, like you tend to be out of town quite a bit. So there's something nice, in my opinion, about having the opportunity to sit at home on your computer, you know, get educated, get a chance to meet some people. And then at the end of the day, you get to turn your computer off, go back into your backyard, 
you know, maybe grab a beer, cook some burgers and spend some time with your family. And you're not, you know, a thousand miles away and waiting for the conference to be over and, and go back home. So I really think that, you know, this remote component is here to stay at least for some time. So definitely keep that in mind when you're thinking about events. Yeah. And another thing that I think is really nice about the remote component too is, you know, I, I, as Bill said, I used to go to a lot of trade shows when I was, um, you know, a trade publishing editor. And I just remember sitting in those sessions and, and I had to write a story about them. I mean, I, I really had to cover them and I'd have to be scrambling to try to pay attention and also take notes or maybe try to do a recording and hoping that that turned out well. Um, but now a lot of these virtual events, you know, they have these speaker sessions and they will, uh, you know, they're, they're recorded. So you get that extra value where if you signed up for an event, you can either go back and, and watch the sessions that you missed um, or, or rewatch the sessions to, to really um, take it in a little bit more, or maybe even have other people from your team go in and be able to explore those things too. So it really, it really has its advantages rather than trying to like conquer a show in person. I think it, it you're able to learn more and um, see more by having more hours to spend watching the content and even uh, beyond, you know, what's actually happening live on the day that it's broadcast. And one thing too, like I want to touch on this next thing. And I think what's interesting is I know Kathy, you and I have talked about this on the podcast. I know I am a big fan of Todd Hartley and I've mentioned this on the podcast and I'm a big fan of Ben Amos and they both have talked about this, you know, using video for sales. And it's been so important that, you know, we have done that podcast episode on it. We have done blogs on it. We have shared their content on it. We've even gone as far as created some small videos on it. And I think what's amazing about what's going on right now is that so many people are seeing that this is such a powerful thing to do. And I guess from that perspective of, you know, what's going to be staying the same or what's, where are we going going forward? Um, I think this is one of the things that if you're a salesperson or you're a business owner, like you really need to get behind this. I don't think this is going away. Actually, I think the COVID-19 pandemic has propelled this forward probably years into the future at this point. So like now it's going to happen even sooner. So really try creating some of those sales uh, videos and uh, maybe onboarding videos for your clients and consider using the tools we discussed in episode 23 where we talked about you know tips for using video to sell remotely. We talked about using Wistia Soapbox. We talked about you know using Vidyard. There are other services out there beyond those two, but I know we talked extensively on those. But really consider about doing that. There's a lot of power behind it. I just sent off a couple proposals in the last few days. All of those proposals had videos that went along with them, with me walking people through it, and we get so many compliments on those things. So I really think that that is here to stay. It's only going to become more and more normal. So definitely, you know, make sure you've got some type of plan for that. Yeah, you know, it's, and since businesses have really started to grasp the basics of Zoom, how to set up a call and everything, um, you know, they're really looking to see how they can up their remote video games. So we've had people asking us how they can kind of take it to the next level. And some things that we actually discussed back in episode 17 um, are still really applicable today in invest, as far as in investing in a good home um, in-home office uh, setup. And you know, we recorded that back in July of last year, kind of in the in the midst of all of this. Um, and at that time, I feel like it was kind of hard to maybe find the gear 
or uh, make a better setup at home. But since then, you know, everybody's looking at this and there's products coming out to Wazoo that are back in stock and being released on really how to up your video game. Um, one thing that really makes a big difference is improving your audio. So for instance, one of the clients that Bill was talking about who was doing remote conferences, we actually had them uh, ship out just a, a basic lavalier microphone to everybody that was being interviewed. And just having that simple microphone was really easy for people to, you know, put a battery in and, and, and you know, attach it to their collar. That really made it look so much more professional. Um, and, and just having that better audio really helped, again, take their video to the next level and, and give it a real big, you know, polished look. Having the right lighting. We've had some people, um, you know, do a, a background too, uh, you know, whether it's, it's a, just a little... Um, one of those banners you take to your trade show, um, something to have a background. Those things can can really make your video look polished. And if you'd like to brush up again on some of the basics, make sure you give that uh, episode a listen. Yeah, I, I agree with you on like people really kind of taking this to the next level. And I know we've had questions from clients, so there's no doubt in my mind that that's definitely the direction it's going. And, you know, part of that, I think, is also because I believe, based on what we've been talking to clients out about, I think meetings are going to continue to probably continue to be remote. I mean, you're still going to have in-person meetings, but I think these initial meetings, it's just too convenient for everybody to just jump on a Zoom call. It's acceptable now. You don't have to leave your office. You don't have to leave your home. And what's great about it is, you know, for me, at least I know, and I'm sure many people listening, I can work on everything that I'm doing and then I have the Zoom meeting. So I jump on that and then I get done and I go back to working and I don't have to leave one place, you know, and there are still going to be times where people are going to want to have these in-person meetings. But by doing what Kathy was saying and using some of those tips in episode 17, you're really going to be able to make your setup look even better. And if that's the first impression somebody has of you, you really want it to be with some, you know, big window in the background or some poor lighting or some horrible audio, you know, so just make sure when you're doing these things, like get the right lighting, get a decent mic. They're not expensive. The mics that Kathy was talking about that we recommended to our clients, it's like 20 bucks for a little mic. You can throw it. It's small. You could throw it in your bag. You could take it with you. Even if you have to like go out of town, you know, be mindful of your background, maybe grab a light of some kind, any type of light, something that just puts a little bit, you know, if you notice there's a shadow on your face, put a little bit of a light on that you know, just keep those things in mind, you know, turn your camera on, you know, that's one of the things that <laughs> drives us crazy as you get into these meetings, and people turn their cameras off, you know, make that eye contact, you know, that's, that's important, you know, be able to look at each other. So these are all things that, you know, aren't going anywhere. So investing in something like that is important. And if you think about, you know, think about mobile phones, you know, um, for those of you that are not in the video industry and that, or maybe aren't familiar, you know, when I got started in this industry, you know, you call the video production company or a videographer to come out because you just didn't own the technology that could do things like that. You know, prior to the pandemic, everybody was starting to use their smartphones. Smartphones are, are starting to get better and better and better. And, you know, that's because, you know, people wanted to create their own videos. They wanted to make their quality even better. They wanted to edit their stuff in phone. And people have really had an opportunity to be content creators. Well, Zoom is no exception. Zoom is acceptable in the beginning of this pandemic with the low quality as time goes on, you know, it's going to be, everybody has to have an external camera. Everybody has to have a microphone. Everyone's going to have a lighting setup. 
So just get on board now and be ahead of the curve. Yeah, I mean, again, I think our, our biggest point here is just none of this is going away. Um, you know, people have been on social media more than ever discovering new content creators, especially with the advent of TikTok. I can't believe how many TikTok videos I see on the news, just referencing different things. Um, you know, and, and we kind of discussed some of the changes um, that Hootsuite saw as far as this topic in their quarter three report when we did episode number 19, um, you know, how COVID-19 had kind of changed video marketing. And we plan to do some more of these in the future. But I think that it's it's a really great indicator in this report to kind of show how many people have come to use social media in all age demographics all over the board. That's the thing. You know, it, it's not just millennials and Gen Z. There are baby boomers and, you know, people of all ages uh, on social media. So you want to be making sure that you're putting your video content on there. Um, we're only becoming more reliant on social media and things like Zoom and Echo and Google Home, the Facebook portal, all these uh, smart home tools um, to stay connected. So make sure that you know people are out there listening and you're going to want to continue to um, you know, be sharing your message. Yeah, that's, I think, one of the more important things I, I definitely agree with you on is like, you know, when you think about social media as a platform, I feel like a lot of people were just like, that's for marketing, maybe at one point. And I, I really think it's so much more than that. And I think what's been interesting is you kind of had this this interesting shift during the pandemic where, you know, studios in Hollywood, they were on hold. So you couldn't get television shows. I mean, television shows are just now coming back. It's the beginning of February when we're recording this. And a lot of television shows just started coming back in January, February. Um, and during that time, you know, there's only so much, you know, Netflix you can binge of reruns. I mean, there were some shows that, you know, studios were holding on to and they decided to release during the pandemic so content could be out there. But, you know, because of that, people have really turned to YouTube. People have turned to TikTok. People have turned to, you know, IGTV. And it's really kind of become more of an acceptable thing for people to kind of sit there and, and start watching more of all age demographics. And I know I've talked about uh, in the past, I think in the quarter three report in episode 19, how my, my wife is really big into TikTok. And um, one thing like, you know, well, we used to watch TV all the time. We still do. You know, we get together, you know, we sit down, we watch a movie or something and um, or we'll watch a show that we both like. But then there's times that like I'm stuck working late and she might have some free time and, you know, she'll she'll sit on the couch and be on TikTok for half an hour to an hour just watching videos and going through them. And I, I believe that she's not the only one. So, you know, that's something that's interesting to me. Um, and then another thing is I've seen some people on uh, Facebook that are baby boomers that really never used YouTube before. And I, I only say that I know this because they literally have posted things like, hey, I, I had no idea stuff, stuff like this was on YouTube and they've been posting and sharing shows. And that's not everybody. So I'm not trying to say that all baby boomers weren't on YouTube. Um, but, you know, there are people that maybe they had no reason to go on before because it just wasn't, you know, they watch TV, they watch movies. I don't need to go on, but now they need to watch something and they've been. So, it's really a good time if you're thinking about creating more content and you're thinking about becoming a content creator, you know, for your business, you know, you, everybody knows something, you have an opportunity to share that with people. And, and now is a better time uh, than ever to do that. And definitely don't get in that mindset of, 
well, there's already a ton of channels out there because there's so many people that have just disproved that theory. And if you don't believe me, check out Sean Cannell's channel, Think Media on YouTube. And he talks about how, you know, one of the largest categories on YouTube is cooking shows. But yet there are new cooking shows coming out all the time. And there are people that are, you know, getting subscribers and they're still, you know, growing their channels and they're still making a living off of YouTube. And that, you know, think about it like this, just because you create, say, a cooking channel and somebody else follows another one doesn't mean they're not going to follow you and want to learn from you as well. So, you know, now's a great time. Get connected, get on there, you know, put your business out there, put your, you know, videos, your stories out there. It's it's really a great time for video. So as unfortunate as this pandemic has been, it's really brought video to the forefront. And now is a great time to really start using it if you you haven't been. So I really hope that, you know, going all through all this has been helpful. You know, like Kathy and I were talking about earlier, these are our predictions. Um, and, you know, this is just, you know, what we think is going to happen. And it doesn't mean that you have to run out tomorrow and buy a new Zoom setup or you have to go start your YouTube channel. But these are really things that you need to start thinking about, you know, and start looking at other people in your industry. Look at what your competitors are doing. You know, what are people doing in other industries? And what do your clients want to see? So think about those things. You should be asking those questions all the time anyways. We always are. You know, we're always looking at what our competition does. And we're always looking at, you know, what people are doing in other industries and how can we apply that. So these are all important things that we need to look at and just kind of decide where to focus our time and money when it comes to your digital marketing and your video marketing as 2020 pushes on. Yeah, I think it's really exciting. I mean, you know, you talk about how like the internet has connected the whole world, but, um, but now with the, with video so accessible in everybody's hands, I mean, there's just no, there's no end to what you could do. You know, it doesn't matter that maybe you have a client that's out of state, you know, you can still capture their testimonial or, um, you know, maybe you, it, it, even in the work pool, you know, people are able to, to work, uh, across the country on the same team, um, over Zoom. So I think there's a lot of exciting potential. It's really, no pun intended, flexed our minds into how we can help clients with videos and um, the different services that we can provide. So uh, we hope that it's opened your mind as well. And we want to hear, you know, what you're seeing and what, uh, you know, how you're using video. Please, please share that with us. Uh, we encourage you to send those thoughts to us to info at flexmediacle.com where you can direct message us on any of our social media channels at flexmediacle on Instagram and Twitter. And, uh, you know, let us know how we're doing. Please rate us and leave us a review on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, or Podbeam. And if you haven't, please subscribe because now that we are back at it, we will be sending more episodes your way. And thanks for listening, and we hope to catch you on the next episode. Thanks for listening to Watch Time. Make sure to subscribe and share the podcast and leave us feedback on today's episode. That's a wrap.